0: Sports Opinions with a Side of Satire. We're
1: the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And
0: we can do that because we've been best friends for so long.
1: I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy,
0: edgy, and most of all, we we think think we're funny AF. AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at Mm firstintenspodcast.com.
1: Thank you. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. Welcome to another episode of Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by Lauren Walsh, founder of LW Branding. Lauren specializes in working with professional athletes, and she shares her expertise with us. She talks about the importance of understanding that you don't build your brand, but instead knowing you are your brand. Lauren also talks about developing relationships and learning your non-negotiables. There is so much fantastic advice in this episode. You guys are going to love it. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Now, let's get to it. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Forget my job. I am very excited to talk with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just as excited. Well, I'm going to start right with the basics. So you have your own branding company. I know you specialize in working with athletes, but can you talk a little bit about what it is you do exactly? Yes, absolutely. So what I do is that I
0: help professional athletes and high-level entrepreneurs and influencers understand truly who they are as a person. We get to the core of everything. What is your why? What are your values? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? And then we use that as a platform to help put themselves out there, inspire other people,
1: and generate additional sources of revenue all along the way. Fantastic. That sounds sounds like a great That sounds like a great job and a lot of fun. I bet that's really fun. You know, thinking about when you're having someone figuring out their why and their values and their legacy, I mean, those are three really big terms. Does everybody usually come in being like, oh, I got this? Or does it take some talking through and several conversations? And, And what is the process like in helping someone figure those things out? They
0: hardly ever know how to answer those questions. So, and I think for me, honestly, that is the best part about my job is the fact that I get to know very influential people who are known day in and day out for what they do. And they're known for their accolades and their stats. I get to know them as people. And so Mm -hmm. hardly anyone knows how to answer those questions. And what's crazy and, and partially how I even got into this business is because of the fact that. When I ask people those questions, sometimes they look at me like, what the heck are you even talking about? And here I am thinking, you've built this amazing, you know, life and brand for yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, you know nothing about it. So literally it's going through the process of asking them the questions of what is your why? And if they're like, what does that even mean? It's, you know, taking them through what gets you up in the morning, what keeps you motivated the days when you are just down and out and you don't know what to do, but you know, you have to get to practice or you have to put on, you know, your game face. How do you do it? What is that thing that you dig deep for? You know, walking them through what it means to have a personal mission statement, to have values, to focus on legacy. So it's literally a series of questions that I walk them through. And it's not something that happens in one sitting, it's something that typically takes, honestly, a couple of months because I'll send them questions, we'll talk through it. But then it takes time to simply get to know them as people and know the things mm-hmm. that make them tick, and that takes time. You cannot rush that process, so we take our time to go through that and really understand and then start to build out what that looks like to bring that to life
1: so when creating that brand strategy, sending those questions, what are some of the key components that are involved there? yeah, so it's a lot of those questions that that I just mentioned because I think when people
0: think about branding and I get emails and texts and calls all the time where people you know, ask me, can you help me build my brand? And I'm like, okay, hold on. We got to take a step back. The reality is mm-hmm. that you don't build your brand. You are your brand. And so mm-hmm. it's asking all of those deep questions and having them do the deep work. In addition to those questions, I have them walk me through basically their life story. So what has your journey been? And then we talk through what are the highs and lows of your journey? And one of the reasons is because I think it's very, very important to understand how your past has shaped you and how it has gotten you thus far and how some of the things that have happened on your journey to get to where you are are really the things that are going to inspire other people. And that is such a huge part of your brand. Because as you think about, you know, why do you need a brand and what do you do with it? Well, we leverage, you know, personal brands to figure out how can we create marketing opportunities, partnerships, endorsements. And the best thing is when you can build all of that based off of something that humanizes these people who are put on pedestals all the time. I mean, someone who's walked through a really hard season of their life or had to overcome Mm -hmm. adversity. I mean, that that in itself is relatable. So we also walk through all of that. And it really helps me understand just how they've gotten to where they are right now.
1: So you said something very interesting. You don't build your brand, you are your brand. Mm-hmm. And something we talk a lot about on this podcast is the idea of authenticity and being you and not you know coming in and saying, I wanna be the next so-and-so because there is already a so-and-so. And it sounds cliche, but I think it's really important. So how do you balance that sometimes with a client that says, this is how I feel like I should portray myself as opposed to, no, this is who you are and we need to capitalize on that?
0: You know, I do it by sharing my own personal story and my journey through that, because to be honest, I used to be that person who showed up as the version of myself that I thought that other people wanted me to be. And I think we see a lot of that in sports because... Just like you said, we see people who've come before us. We see people who are successful. And so we think in our heads, oh, I'll just do it like them, which means I need to look, act, speak a certain way and hear the different things I need to be doing. And so I share how I went through it. And to be honest, for me personally, I had just gone through a lot of life changes and was in a meeting with a couple of sports agents who switched the conversation from business to personal. And it wasn't even deep personal things. It was simply asking me about, my family and my daughter and where I live. And I got so tripped up because I was so prepared, like almost robotic to be able to answer their questions about business that when Mm -hmm. they wanted to talk about who I was as a person, I didn't know how to flip the switch. And I got nervous almost to the point of thinking, Oh my gosh, wait, now if I let them know who I am as a person, are they still going to want to work with me? And I literally left that meeting and it changed my entire life because I realized I've been walking around wearing all these different hats and showing up as different versions of myself. And I realized I was just both physically and emotionally exhausted. And so I decided to take a step back. It actually took me about three months to take a step back and define my own why, my own personal values, mission, legacy, everything, and then commit to showing up as one version, literally just showing up as who I am. And so typically when I share that with the clients that I'm working with and I help them understand, look, I get it. I understand where you're at and where you're going through and the fact that you feel like you need to show up as a certain person either in person or on social media because of what you think will sell or what you think your fans want, but let me tell you, at some point it is going to run out and you are also missing out on the beauty of life, which is the mere fact that you get to be who you are. And the rest of the people, it's what you see is what you get. And you have to accept that not everyone's going to like that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at least you know, if someone isn't on board with you, it's because of who you truly are. So you don't want to rock with those people anyways. So I just think I think that typically gets me to that point by helping them say, look, I see you, I hear you
1: because I've been in your shoes before with something like this. And I think that's another really good point. Not everybody's going to like it and that's okay. It That's mm-hmm. just kind of life. And I think it's something that's really hard to learn, but when you get there, it's okay. Like not everybody's going to like you. And in a lot of ways, it's not personal. Even if it feels personal, it really isn't <laughs> personal. And it's, it is okay. Um, in this time of COVID-19, How I know your motto is to find solutions and not problems, which um, I love because I used to work for the mayor of D.C., a man by the name Mm -hmm. of Adrian Fenty, and he used to always say, tell me how you can do it, not how you can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's something I've really taken with me really throughout my career and everything else I've done. So with that in mind, how important has that mindset been these last several months amid COVID-19? Because of course, everybody's brand, marketing, everything has had to change.
0: Mm hmm It's more important than ever because the truth is we are all living in literally unprecedented times. And I truly believe that those who can innovate, pivot, and really make the most out of 2020 the rest of this year, you know, will come out ahead of those who don't. And the only way to do that is to literally focus on the solutions because there are so many things right now that are out of our control. We cannot Mm -hmm. control a lot of the things that are going on with the decisions that are being made with when a vaccine is going to be available with, you know, when sports are 100% going to be back when the NBA leaves the bubble. I mean, there are so many things that are out of our control. And if all you do is sit back and find all those things. And I hear it all the time. I've heard all these people who come to me and they're focused on the problems. Oh, this isn't happening. And there's no jobs in sports and this, this, and this. And I just ask them a couple of questions and say, well, you know, have you tried this? Have you, you know, pivoted? Have you innovated? And it, it sometimes that's all it takes. It's, it's a mindset. But I think for me, and I'll be totally honest, like the first two weeks of the shutdown, I lost sight of this model mm-hmm. because I just fell into that funk of what the heck is going on, and all my clients are calling me and you know asking, what are we going to do, and how are we going to pay you if they stop paying us, and you know and then after those 2 weeks it was okay hold on like get back up focus on what you need to do and that has not just changed me personally it has literally been instrumental for my business i've you know done more business and grown and you know done bigger projects these literally since the pandemic hit than i have you know in a few months leading up to it and i think a lot of it has to do with having that right mindset. And every single thing that pops up that we've done, all I do is I just seek it out. What is the solution? How do we get through this? And how do we just keep things going?
1: Looking back on those two weeks where you kind of shut down with the shutdown, which I think really all of us did in in that beginning time. But is there a kind of a silver lining to that too? Is it okay to take those two weeks and say, you know what, I need to Process this before I can move forward and kind of be my best self for my clients.
0: Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes, there absolutely is a silver lining in that. And to be honest, that's why it was two weeks. I'm typically one of those people who, you know, I'll let myself have a day or two and then I'm like, okay, get up, get out of your funk, you know, keep going. And it was a moment in time where I just gave myself the space and the grace to sit in it. And I told myself, look, you need to feel what's going on. You need to realize that for the first time in a very long time, if you know ever in most of our lives, every single person is going through the same thing right now. We're all experiencing it. And I just told myself, it is okay to not be okay right now. And I think sometimes you have to do that. You have to kind of have that dialogue with yourself because I think what happens is that so often, and I do this, you know, so often we think that we have to be, super women or super people and have it all together all the time. And that's, that's not reality. So I just told myself, look, it's okay not to be okay. It gets to a point where after two weeks of it, you definitely need to be able to one be self-aware enough to know that it's happening. And then two be brave enough to take action to actually get yourself out of it. But there is something to be said about allowing that process to happen and really just sitting in and feeling it. And then when you move forward, not forgetting it. Don't move forward in a way that you're like, "Oh, I got to erase that out of my mind." Remember what it felt like in that moment and remind yourself that you have that you don't want to go back to that. So make sure that you learn from it.
1: You brought something up that I want to uh, touch on before we move on um talking about, you know, you can't give 100% to everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I know you are a mom. You have a family, you have a life, you have mm-hmm. a business. How do you, and we talk about this a lot, and and this word balance, I think, is one that is somewhat maybe unfair and a little bit dangerous because balance makes it think, okay, 50, 50, or 25, 25, 25, mm-hmm. whatever it's going to be, and that's not really the case. So can you just talk about how you navigate that world? I'm not going to say balance. How you navigate <laughs> yeah, all <perfect>. of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in work-life balance. I really don't. And the way that i do know that i do navigate it is that i focus on what are my non-negotiables so that means both in my personal life and then in my business life what are the things that have to happen that will allow me to operate as my best self and allow me to be the most successful and so i make sure that those things happen every single day. And I have, you know, a morning routine that is very, very much non-negotiable because that's, if, if that doesn't happen and my husband knows, like if our daughter wakes up early or something, he's like, all right, I'll take her and you go do your morning routine, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it literally affects everything. But you know, it's, it's the point of, I have to have those things happen. It's the same thing as when I run my business, my non-negotiables are that I only take so many phone calls or zoom meetings in a day because I know that I need chunks of time to actually do work. And so I have no Mm -hmm. problem if I need to book someone a week or two out for a phone call because of the fact that I need to set myself up for success. You know, even weekends now, you know, I strive as much as possible to do little to no work on the weekends. And it's not because I want to have this quote unquote balance. It's because my family deserves quality uninterrupted time and to give them those two days back to back on the weekend is what has come to work best for my situation. So I think it's so much more important to focus less on how do I have it all or how do I do it all at the same time? focus more on what are the things that you just are willing to lean into what are things that you are not willing to give up on and how do you make sure that you fit those things into your life every single day and if you need to I do this if you literally were to look at my calendar I have sleep on my calendar like because I love that I live in I live and die by my calendar so if it's important enough to put a phone call in my calendar, why would I not put something that my daughter or my husband has going on or put sleep? And it it just, it kind of, you know, for me, it's just also a reminder that as I check my calendar every day, that I'm reminded of the things that, um, that I have to keep space for and keep at the forefront of what I do. Cause I know it 100% will keep me where I need to be. And that's what then allows me to show up for every other person in my life.
1: I want to learn more about this morning routine, but I think we'll get to that uh, towards the end when we do day in the life. But I, I definitely want to hear about it because I think morning routines are very important. So I'm excited to to hear more about that. But first, uh, another part of your business and a part of doing brand strategy is crisis management. I read somewhere that they say you're the like Olivia Pope, uh, and of like the sports industry, and I <laughs> I loved that. So when did you discover that you had a talent for this? And then the next part of the question, so you can be thinking about it, can you think of a situation with an athlete that you're able to share um, that was particularly difficult in which you had to do a lot of crisis management?
0: Yeah. So I will tell you to number two. I definitely can't share um, who it is that, that would blow my cover on my crisis management? But yeah, no. To the,
1: but yeah. The, the story you don't have to tell. Us yes. Who it is. Oh yes, <laughs> yes,
0: yes. I'll tell you the whole. Yes, I'll tell you the yeah. story, and part of part of that plays into it. So. You know, I, your question of when did I realize I had a talent for it? To be totally honest, it's literally when I was in the thick of what was going on. And I, um, I never intended it to be part of my job description. Trust me. Like it was not something that I was promoting on our decks and on our company website. But Mm -hmm. here I was, I literally just got off a plane. I flew across the country, got off the plane, went and rented a car was using pins you know you can drop a pin to someone through your phone i was Mm -hmm. using a pin from my client to try and find him what had happened was his wife called me and said that she had found heavy drugs in his car and she basically said uh yeah we're not letting him back in the house until he takes care of this oh, and by the way, it's your responsibility to take care of it because I got to take care of our kids. And I was like, all right, great. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, So I literally pick up this rental car. I have to find him at this random hotel, convince him. It took me, I think, about like six hours of just negotiations with him to finally convince him. Um, that he was going to have to go to a rehab facility. And at the same time, I'm trying to call these places, trying to find the most discreet place that I can get him to so that you know it doesn't come out or people aren't talking about who's there. Finally found this place literally in the middle of nowhere that had been known for either pro athletes or coaches who had needed to come through. They had all this protocol where you kind of get your own private area so no one else knows that you're there. The, the funny thing is we're driving literally middle of the night. Cause I didn't want anyone, you know, to see us arriving. Mm-hmm. We get pulled over and this cop literally is like, ma'am, can you please step out of the car? And I was driving and he's sitting in the front seat and the cop says, ma'am, I, I just have a couple questions for you. I'm very confused. Um, He's like, your driver's license is Illinois. The car is registered in California. The license plate says Florida. You're in the middle of nowhere. What is going on? And I said, officer, I am not even going to try and come up with an excuse for you. I have an NFL player in the front seat. He's very upset. We're on our way to rehab. And this is what's going on. I will admit I'm driving very fast because it is one o'clock in the morning and I just Mm -hmm. need to get him there and drop him off so I can go get some sleep because it has been a long day. And he looked at me and was like, oh my gosh. He said, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for helping him. I am going to let you off with a warning. You are not getting a ticket. Please be safe on your way there. I mean, like you couldn't make any of this up. So then I, we get there I have to check him in, drop him off, you know, they take his phone and everything. Um, he ends up staying there for 30 days. And, you know, through that time, I'm having to manage everything we have going on and push it around and, you know, um, and what's crazy and amazing, I guess, to the point of how I knew I had a talent for it is that now, what has it been? I think four, four years, four years later, still to this day, no one has ever come to know about it. No one's ever found out. It was during the off season. Um, and here we are. So it, it, it basically created itself um, that I then realized that I had a knack for it and knew how to do it and how to manage everything. Um, but I will be honest, I did not intend for that to be part of the business plan that I put together.
1: Well, but I think it brings up something that we also talk a lot about on this podcast uh, in terms of being able to pivot and in terms of flexibility. And it does take a certain type of person to have the qualities to say, okay, I can handle this. I will Mm -hmm. go to the hotel. I will pick him up. I will find the rehab facility. I will get it done and no one will ever know about it. And it kind of becomes part of what you do. Uh, So I guess along those lines, were you born with this ability to be flexible? Was it something you learned? And kind of what advice would you have to uh, women or men, honestly, in this industry in terms of how important that pliability is?
0: Yeah, you know, I think I have always had a little bit of a knack of just trying to figure these things out. I attest a lot of, I started doing competitive gymnastics at the age of four or five. So I, I feel like I, in a way I was forced to grow up very fast and get to the level of contemplating training for the Olympics before deciding to leave. And I mentioned that because it taught me this work ethic, you know, as a five-year-old mm-hmm. child, I had, I was practicing six days a week with private lessons on Sundays. I mean, in competitions and all these things. And you just, I I just kind of learned how to focus on the right things using mindset, using work ethic, using passion, combining it all together. And so as I went through life, that just kind of became how I did things. You know, it was never, oh, focus on how this is not going to happen. It's like you just got to keep going and figure out what you're going to do because you get one life and you, you know, you just have to keep going. So I think it's always been there. And then as I got into, This industry where it really became an added level and the reason I knew I needed to be able to do it even more was the fact that a lot of these individuals, their circles are so tight and so small. I think there's a misconception maybe that pro athletes like run with all these people and they have hundreds of people and friends and all this. They can only trust so many people. And so Mm -hmm. when you're in this industry and you have these opportunities, you're working with these high profile individuals. You end up taking on some added responsibilities that maybe weren't necessarily in your job description, but you do it because they trust you. And so one of the biggest things is focus on trust, focus on being someone who is just Basically, an upstanding, honest person who can be trusted so that when things like this happen, they call you and they want to tell you things and they want to be able to rely on you. So, I think it it starts though internally with who you are as a person and being secure enough in yourself to know and have the confidence that you can handle it. I mean, you better believe when I was like in the middle of nowhere getting pulled over, I'm thinking in my head, like, how the heck did I end up here? But (laughs) But then you just channel it like you just keep going. So I think my biggest piece of advice is Figure out how you can be an upstanding, honest person. How can you do business the right way? And focus on developing relationships. Don't just focus on developing a roster of high profile individuals that you work with or building this insane resume. It's about people. And the more that you focus on people, I think the better off you will do, the happier to me that you will be because you'll have great relationships. And it's true, you know, as people, it's proven for our mental health, we need true connection. And then you you could be these trusted people and help them really navigate some really, really hard things in their life when they don't have a lot of people to turn to.
1: What was the criticism when you were first starting out? First of all, that's all fantastic advice. And I actually want to take a minute to acknowledge that because that really is fantastic advice. And I really like the idea of developing relationships and not just a roster. I think That's so important. And I feel, I feel that way um, as a journalist, you know, relationships are so important and being honest and upstanding and trustworthy. Uh, so those are those are incredible qualities. Uh, but wondering, when you were first starting out in your career, in your business, what was a criticism that you received that was tough to take, but that kind of helped to shape who you are today?
0: You know, I think one of the biggest things was always – it was twofold. It was the female side of it, and a lot of it was the age Um, It definitely was, you know, oh, you're young, you don't know what you're doing, you know, you don't have any real experience. So and and I get that I can attest to that. But the other thing I think for me and what I learned from it is that life is our life is our best teacher. Life is our best Mm -hmm. way to gain experience. And so even though I was early on in my career and early on in starting a company and working in sports I'd spent a heck of a lot of time in corporate America. You know, I'd gone to college. I'd been through a lot (laughs) of things in life. So I think that comes up a lot because I talk to a lot of young women who just say, oh, you know, no one's going to give me a shot and this and that. And I say, look into your life. What have you done in life? that will help you basically prove that you do have the capabilities of what someone is looking for and use specific times where you've overcome a challenge, you've handled something really tough and prove to them that you do have the experience that someone's looking for, even if it doesn't come across as the way that they may expect it to on a resume. So I think that that was the biggest learning tool for me now. Um, And it still is. Sometimes I still think I'm like, gosh, I still think I'm so early on in this. And it's been almost Mm -hmm. six years of running my agency and almost 11 years of doing this kind of work. So I think that's it is trying to flip it and figure out how you do have that level of experience or things that would relate to what you want to do.
1: Is there a misstep that you see a lot of young women making when trying to get into the sports industry?
0: Yeah, it's exactly what I did wrong. It's the first step, which is the fact that you need to take a deep, long, hard look at yourself and know who you are as a person. I think everyone bypasses that and jumps in with two feet and says, oh, well, I have this dream job and it has the right title that I want, or it's at the right company or agency or brand that I wanted to work with. And they forget that it's really easy to lose yourself in this industry. And so I think step one that everyone needs to start with is before you even get in, make sure you know who you are as a person. Make sure you have a very, very strong foundation of who you are, what you believe in and what your non-negotiables are and stay true to that. Don't be afraid to say no to things. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And I think I just I see it all the time. And I, I do it now. I you know, I run a course called Empowering Women in Sports. And that's that's module one. And I think most women think we're gonna kick things off with here's how you jump into the sports industry and here's you know how you thrive. And they always tell me, wow, Lauren, I am learning more about myself than I ever have in my entire life. And I tell them that is the most
1: important step for you to actually create a successful career.
0: In this industry.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about your course? Yeah, about course. Empowering
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's most important is understand why I started it. And the reality is that um, I gave a talk to a group of women um, for a private group uh, a few months ago. And after this, after this um, group had spoken to me, um, I had so many women reach out and they're asking me. Oh, Lauren, you know, can I talk to you? Can I grab some, some of your time, you know, getting emails, DMs? And I always say yes. So, by the way, if there are young women who are on listening to this, I love mentorship. I didn't have anyone reach their hand out when I was coming up in the ranks. There also six years ago were not as many women as there are today. And so I will always say yes. It may take a week or two to book out, but I will talk to you and I will offer up Mm -hmm. advice. But I realized I often was doing these women a disservice because Even if I gave them 30, even an hour of my time on the phone on a one-on-one call, it wasn't enough to help them actually take action to make major moves in their life. So maybe I inspire them, but... A little bit of inspiration. Yes, it can go a long way. But for most people, you kind of (laughs) need more of that hold hand, that handholding and that accountability. So that's what the course was based on. I've always wanted to do something. Um, I started teaching a class called Branding 101 for college student athletes five years ago. And I always wanted to figure out a way to transition it online and teach it to people, Actually working in the sports business. Um, and this was it. So literally it was based off of that. And I created a four-week course that breaks down everything that I think is important to come to know yourself and then know the industry and every single, you know, tactic that I have used along the way. Um, basically using a lot of the ins and outs, a lot of the strategies, and I pretty much just put it all out there because my my belief is that one that's how you build a legacy. Like it, to me, I need to leave everything on the table so that when all is said and done, and I'm no longer on this earth, people can carry on. You know the things that I put out there and make it their own. So I have no problem. You know, literally, people can ask me, "How did you do this? How did you start the business? Whatever," and I will tell you everything. So that's why it came to be, and then that's the basis of the courses. Every you know step or misstep that I've taken to get to where I am right now um, and build the company I have and work with the level of clients that I have as well.
1: And where can our listeners find this course if they're interested?
0: Yes, you can go to our website, lwbranding.com, and there is a page for the e-course that, that you can take a look at.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very yeah. much. I think a lot of our listeners would really benefit from it and love to check it out. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Something else that uh, struck me because this is really important to me and it makes me happy when it's important to someone else is your commitment to giving back and your client's commitment to giving back and your encouragement of that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, that portion of what you do and Mm -hmm. how that became something that was important to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something that is very important to me and my family. You know, my husband and I are very, very involved in one of the local local homeless shelters here. And, you know, we make sure to volunteer our time and, you know, offer up our monetary resources simply because of the fact that I just I do not take for granted, you know, the privilege that I that I have, you know, the fact, yes, I've worked my butt off to get to where I am. But I think that's what it's all about is to then leverage what you have to help the next level of people, whether it's me inspiring people through my course, or it's going and working at the food pantry and offering up resources that I do, you know, for some of the local, for the local homeless shelter. So something that for me, you know, I think that is very, very important. It's also very fulfilling. Sometimes I'll be honest, I feel selfish when I go and I spend my two hours in the food pantry, because I leave there feeling better, you know, and of course I Mm know it's making a difference but I'm like, Shoot, I feel like I got more out of that than some of these people um but i that's been my my way that I live my life, and so it's the way that I also encourage my clients um it's helping them to understand look. You have something here. You have a platform. You can change people's lives. But it's also mm-hmm. really important to me that my clients get involved in organizations and events that actually mean something to them. Um, I am not someone who's all about you know doing charity work for publicity. I don't believe in it. So I challenge my clients when they tell me that they want to give back. I make them pitch me, basically, and tell mm-hmm. me why they're choosing this organization or what it is about a group that they want to get involved in. And more often than than not, I, I make sure that they have a personal tie again, because on days that you have your day off and they're asking you to come out and volunteer. I want you to be excited. I don't want you to be like, Oh gosh, why did I sign up for that? So that, Mm -hmm. that's something that's super important. I think that's where this past year, one of my clients, um, he was the Walter Payton man of the year nominee for his team. And that was based off of the first of two years of, of work that we've been putting in and his efforts towards a couple organizations that he's involved in. And to me, honestly, that was one of the biggest moments for me in my career because of the fact that i care so much about that i think awards like that are just as important as so many of the other accolades because he earned it and he from day one of getting into the league you know made it something that he wanted to focus on and then you know we got creative and we figured out ways to make those relationships bigger and raise more money but i think there's something to be said and then for him you know, he loves it now. I mean, when he gets to go hang out with those kids, he's texting me, man, I just had the best day here. I'm like, that's how it needs to be. So I think just make sure if that's something that you're interested in, make sure that there's some sort of personal tie and you can, you know, tell that story or explain why you, you love it and you're passionate
1: about it. Can you share who that client is?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Ochenna Nwosu and he plays for the LA Chargers. Yeah. And, and he, um, year two, you never, you hardly ever hear of NFL players who um, get that recognition that early on, he was actually one of the youngest players um, to receive the nominee. And gosh, I mean, I'd still to this day, I just tell him all the time, like, I'm so proud of you, you know, because I was there on yep. draft day. And to see it go from draft day to Walter Payne, man, your nominee, you know, Super Bowl, you know, being on the on the field. Um, but more importantly, to have the organizations the um local uh Boys and Girls Club Boys and Girls Club of Carson and then also we do a lot with the Children's Diabetes Foundation because he said multiple family members battle diabetes um you know when they reach out or we're doing things for them and they they just are so appreciative that to me is what matters he went as far as he started off simply volunteering at Boys and Girls Club of Carson next thing you know mm-hmm. he calls me one day he says oh yeah I'm going to be their flag football coach I'm like, oh, that's wow, amazing. Okay, great. <laughs> so he goes from simply showing up on off days to then he was able it was um, luckily based on timing. He's able to do it towards the end of the season. Yeah. He went out and he's showing up every single game. He's coaching these kids in flag football. And to them, it's like the best thing ever. And then um, we got the Chargers. They, they've been so awesome as a partner. Um, you know, they helped us make sure that they had uniforms and they had everything you know that you could imagine.
1: So it's just it, and honestly,
0: it just lights me up to even talk about it.
1: That's fantastic. I'm I'm really glad you shared that story. That is absolutely fantastic. And I absolutely love hearing that. It's such an important uh, – I think it's just such an important thing for all of us to give back. And we've just recently launched something every week on our Fangirl Sports Network Instagram called Community Monday. And we highlight a different athlete and his or her work in the community because I just think it's so important for those things to be highlighted and for people to know how they can help and just to get to know – you know, athletes in a a different way that's very meaningful. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Thank Um, you for letting me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get to day in the life, I have one more question for you and then we're going to do day in the life and five fun facts. So the last question I have is over the last several years, how have you seen opportunities grow for women in sports and how do you believe we can still improve?
0: There are so many more and everything that I show up to and it makes me so excited. I wish you could have seen the NFL combine six years ago when I first showed up there. Oh my gosh. There were, I think maybe it was just me. Um, So I think that I think that I'm seeing more agencies, more marketing firms, more brands, hiring more females, and then I see more females stepping out and starting their own agencies. I've been connecting with a ton of them recently who are starting branding and marketing agencies, um, kind of doing more of that concierge or management type work, And so I see that there's so much of that, that happening. So I think in terms of the opportunities and how they're growing, I think what's actually really happening is I think women are creating those opportunities for themselves and I love it. I'm here for it. And I think if you are someone who wants to do that, find someone who will mentor you, find someone who will give you the insight, um, reach out because trust me, it's still a small network of these women. And the majority of them will be more than willing to stick their hand out and you know, help you or give you advice. I mean, there's one woman, she just recently launched an agency that she has. And she'd call me all the time and ask questions. I'm like, look, I'll, I'll literally tell you every single thing that I did. And she launched an agency that someone would probably consider a competitor of mine, but we, we're very different people. So we're going to attract different mm-hmm. clients, you know? So I, I don't care. I'm like, look, I want I want there to be more girls um, doing that. And then I think you see things, there's an awesome group um, called A Seat at the Table on LinkedIn. Now they're on Instagram. They're doing great things. And then even like this, the fact that you have this, you have your Instagram accounts, you have this podcast, we're seeing more of this. So I think the more that, you know, women like us continue to step up and give women a voice. I think it'll continue to inspire more women to either chase that dream and go work for someone else or chase the dream to go and start their own thing and work for themselves.
1: Fantastic. I agree with you. And we do see more and more of it, which is just fantastic. And yeah. that is why we have this podcast. That is why I started Fangirl. It's it's probably part of why you do what you do. So not to put words in your mouth, but um, I think, but feel free to argue with me, but I think that there there are really incredible opportunities out there and they are continuing to grow. And as we do things like this, they're just going to grow faster and faster. Yes. completely agree with you. So next up, uh, so we can get into that morning routine. Can you take us through a day in the life of Lauren Walsh? And you can pick any kind of day you want, um, but you have carte blanche. It's your life. So how how does it go on a daily basis? Okay, so first
0: thing that happens and I'll tell you, I try, it depends on what time I go to sleep. So this is something people take this away. If you want to be a morning person, in order to be a morning person, you have to go to bed at a certain time. So, True. Uh, depending on what time I go to sleep, I get a minimum seven hours of sleep every night. I, I need it. I have to have it. It's what keeps me functioning. Um, so, typically, I'm up sometime between six and seven. Um, our daughter sleeps in, so the, as long as I'm up by seven, I have at least an hour. Uh, first thing I do, no matter what. I do med- the daily calm meditation mm-hmm. on the calm app. Yeah, so it literally prompts you. This is this is the meditation you need to do this morning. It is the first thing I, I do. Um, sit up in my bed. I do it do it right there. Um, and then I read. I do some sort of reading. So usually either I have a daily devotional that I read or if I'm reading a certain book, I'll make sure I'll just I'll read a whole chapter of that book. Um, then I do a, it's a little bit of journaling. So it's typically just thoughts of what I just read about. And literally, it's whatever comes to mind. Um, and then I take a few minutes, I have a picture of my vision board on my phone saved as a photo, I take a few minutes to do visualization where I literally just kind of like look at each part. That's on my vision board. um, And just mentally, I guess, walk myself through that. And then it's typically time to get ready for the day. Um, At that point, it depends on how much time I have. If I can jump in and check a couple of emails, I will. Um, Or if not, I'll try to start to get breakfast ready so that by the time our daughter wakes up that we can kind of jump right into the day. Because I try to spend minimum of that first hour to an hour and a half um, strictly with her with not needing Mm -hmm. to be on my phone or checking anything. Um, and one thing too, I do not check my phone before I do meditation. So you like, I don't care if what it is. Um, I'm not checking emails, texts, anything, um, before I do that. Cause I know like it's so necessary. So yeah, then spend the morning with our daughter. And then I typically jump into to I have a pretty traditional um, work day. I mean, obviously, it's been a little different with this whole work from home. (laughs) I used to go to my office, but now I just go into my office in our house. Um, And typically between the hours of 930 or 10 ish um, and then about 430 or 5, um, I'm there um, I'll take a break sometimes to either have lunch with our daughter, um, when she's with her babysitter or just check in on her. Um, and then I try to wrap up sometime depending on, um, my husband's schedule, you know, around five, five 30. Um, and then it's family time and then our daughter goes to bed and it's quality time with my husband. And then sometimes it's, sometimes it's checking some last minute emails, um, uh, making sure, you know, social is in check for my stuff and for the company, Um, and what I do in those hours of actual work changes every day. I basically, it's basically just managing a thousand projects at once. So Mm -hmm. there's always phone calls. There's always emails going out, lots of management of the client projects. So brand partnerships. So it's a lot of reaching out, cold calling, cold emailing, um, trying to facilitate partnership deals, make sure that those get moved along and then holding the clients accountable to make sure that we uphold our end of the deal, whether it's. Hey, you need to post about this. Did you get this product? Okay, here's what we need to do. Um, Just kind of balancing all of that day to day, um, and then just checking in again. Social, staying up on news and everything that is um, that is going on. So every single day though is totally different, and it's been interesting, you know, just life in quarantine because it's like Mm -hmm. your house becomes your home and your gym and your office and your everything. Um, But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of typical, but just like my sacred thing is that morning routine, like that me time that I have to have. And then everything else, if I can get, you know, a walk-in, if I can get added reading time at night, that's, that's icing on the cake. But as long as I can have that in the morning before I start my day, I'm good to go.
1: I love the Calm app. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Oh, I absolutely love it. Look, it's so good. It's the
0: best. It is the best. And they keep coming out with all these new series. And now they have the Spark series and they make it so easy. Anyone who wants to get into meditation, and I swear this is not an ad, you would think that I'm like their number one sales rep because I tell people <laughs> about it all the time. But um, it's so easy. And what's amazing is that I, if I get in a funk during the day where I've had too many back to back calls or I feel too caught up in what's going on, I just go sit down and I flip in, you know, my um, headphones and pick up the call map. And you can do anywhere from a two to 10 minute meditation. And I swear it
1: just resets your mind and puts you back where you need to be. And I'll do it sometimes if I didn't have, you know, if I didn't, I'm not as good as you are about right away doing a meditation, though I, I should be. And so I may start. But um, yeah. if I haven't had a chance to meditate in the morning, either on the morning walk with my dogs or on their midday yes. walk I'll put it they have walking meditations you could pick 10 15 20 minutes and it's great and I find it so yes. it is very calming as the name says um, so no this is not an ad but we're super to the comma I know well,
0: but hey if you want to sponsor us we're open to yes. it yes yes exactly
1: we're definitely very open to it if you're listening to us on the comma i yeah. will make sure to make sure to tag you um so before I let you go, and I'm I'm going to be honest, it'll be hard for me to let you go because it's really been so much fun talking to you and it's been inspirational and I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I, myself, am going to take a look at your course. I think yeah. uh, you're really just fantastic and you're doing fantastic things in this industry. So uh, I wanted to start by saying that um, and and butter you up for five fun facts. <laughs> so <laughs> before we go, as you guys know, uh, I some weeks I explain it, some, some weeks I don't. But for anybody listening for the first time, five fun facts is something I started with 49ers Players. Um, and still do for, with Fortnite's players one-on-one. And it's an opportunity for them to kind of let us know, you know, things about themselves that you wouldn't otherwise know. We've started Fangirl Sports Network. We do it every Wednesday. A five fun facts on, on a relevant athlete, rivalry, anything going on in sports. So every week uh, we do the same questions. And uh, without further ado, I will present five fun facts. All right, Lauren, what is your favorite moment in sports? I got to throw back to the
0: Chicago Bulls when they went, you know, they had their three-peat, they had two three-peats, but I have to throw it back to them because that was when – the true power of sports. Obviously I was born and raised in Chicago in the city. Mm -hmm. So Michael Jordan was obviously the hometown hero. Um, I was obsessed with them. I literally can place myself in our living room, laying on the floor, watching them win that championship and then taking pots and pans and going and standing on our front porch and like banging the pots and pans in celebration. So
1: yeah, it it has to be that. That's fair. That's, that's also It's a great image too. Um, (laughs) what is your life motto? I know that we it's kind of did talk about it, but what is your life motto?
0: We did. My life motto is find solutions, not problems.
1: What is your go to workout? Well, these days, because
0: I'm seven and a half months pregnant, it's taking a walk. Um, but I personally, Fair. I love lifting weights. There's something just about feeling strong that just does it for me. So if I can, free weights or even, you know, squatting, all that stuff.
1: But yeah, weights weights will do it for me. And do you have a go-to coffee order?
0: I do. These days, it's been an iced Americano with some almond milk.
1: Oh, that sounds Sounds absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, a book every woman should read.
0: I think it's Beginner's Pluck by Liz Forkin-Bohannon. She's the founder of Seiko Designs. She takes you through her journey, which is one of the wildest, craziest things to build her company and teaches, just shares all of her life lessons
1: along the way. So I got to stick to that one. That was a game changer for me. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Lauren. And thank you very much for joining me today. I know I said it before, but this was a really uh, fantastic episode. So it was wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much. I came in to meet you one day, one day, all I, of this
1: one day we, we will, we will be able to,
0: we'll make it happen. Yes.
1: Absolutely, we will um, we will put that in the universe, and, and hopefully we can manifest that and make that happen for sure, sooner rather than later. In the meantime, everybody listening, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Get my job wherever you listen to your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye all.